Well, hey everyone, I'm Pastor Judd Wilhite, and I wanna thank you for joining us today. You know, Central's a place where it's okay to not be okay. And we are so glad that you're here. I hope you enjoy this message. Well, Merry, Merry Christmas, everybody. So glad you're here with us today. Hope you're doing well. I don't know if, uh, how many of you do a family Christmas photo, like, like at Christmas? For, for some of you, is this a thing? For my wife, this is a thing. And so every year we do like a family Christmas photo. So this is our Christmas photo this year. And so you look at that photo and, and you know, it looks pretty good, right? It's like out in nature. It looks like this kind of, uh, you know, crisp winter's day. All is calm. All is bright. That's my wife, Lori, beside me. That's Emma on the far side. And then uh, the giant standing there is my son, Ethan, who... Um, you know, has the big grizzly beard and looks scary, but he's actually the, the sweetest of all of us. So if you ever see him around, he's, uh, he's a really kind kid. But um, so, you know, the picture looks great, but the picture is very different than the reality. First of all, this picture was not taken in winter around Christmas. It was taken in August because <laughs> that was the only time we could get all the kids home and all like kind of herded together. Our photographer friend was in town, and so we did it then. And it, it was taken up at Mount Charleston. Uh, so we're driving up to Mount Charleston, which I'm always an advocate for just taking pictures in the backyard. Anybody feel me? Like, can't we just go in the backyard? We could be done with this thing in like five minutes, and we're good. But no, no, my wife has very grandiose ideas about this stuff, you know. So we're driving up to Mount Charleston, and there's a storm, and you can see it's getting worse as we go up the mountain. You know, it's coming over uh, the mountains. And so there's lightning, there's thunder. And by the time we parked to get out, we had literally like two minutes to take our pictures. We run out to where we're going to be. We got that picture with the, with the uh, mountain behind us, snap a couple of pictures, and then we start running back. I mean, this is the last photo taken of us running for our lives. Literally about 120 seconds after we got out of the car, once we got there, and in case it doesn't look like we're really running for our lives in this moment, I just want you to look at Lori's hair. I mean, the wind was starting to blow like crazy. And within moments after we got to our car, it was this full-on torrential downpour. So you have the picture on the one hand, and if you get our Christmas card, you get it on the email or whatever this year, you know, if, you're in the, if you're part of our email list, you'll get our Christmas card. When you look at it, I want you to remember, that's not what really happened. <laughs> it was chaos. But I think that's a good analogy for Christmas. A lot of us have a picture in our mind of what Christmas should be. You know, everybody's home, it's warm, all is calm, all is bright, everybody gets along, everybody loves their gifts, we all celebrate together, and everything comes in under budget. But I think the reality is Christmas can feel pretty messy, right? I mean, you're just trying to get gifts for everybody, get them all wrapped, get them all pulled together. Uh, you're trying to uh, get, you know, travel plans organized, or you unfortunately have people that can't travel that you wish could travel this year, and you're trying to manage that. Or maybe you're facing Christmas without a loved one, and that pain gets heightened in our hearts and in our lives, and it can feel a little bit messy. And then on Christmas Day, there's so much going on. You know, all is not calm, all is not bright. 
right? It's, it's cray-cray. That's what's going on. And then you're trying, to, you're trying to shuttle. Some of you are navigating blended families. You're trying to shuttle kids from one family to the other family, trying to make sure everybody gets, you know, their equal time. You're doing that with grandparents. You got, I don't know. I just remember at the end of Christmas Day, I was like, thank God, is it, is it over? You know, can we go back to normal? And then you sit down for the Christmas meal and a family member starts talking about politics and you are like, dude, it is about to get ugly up in here. Like, like it can get messy really fast. And, and I just want to remind you today that God can do a miracle in your mess. God can do a miracle in your mess. And the whole Christmas story is a reminder that he loves to do miracles in the mess. In fact, the first Christmas was kind of messy. We meet Mary in the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, the mother of Jesus. And she's this young teenage girl. And an angel comes to her. Unbeknownst to her, she's just going about her day. Angel Gabriel shows up. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 28. When we get to the red word, say this real loud here with me. It's just how we kind of make sure everybody's awake. But it's Gabriel... It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, what? Favored woman, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Then it says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So a couple things I want to pull out of this. First of all, the very first holiday season began with somebody being confused and disturbed. So, you know, The holidays have always been a mix of emotions, right? But secondly, look at this word, favored. That's a word uh, in the original language that only occurs in the New Testament of the Bible twice. Once right here in Luke chapter 1, where Mary is distinguished as one who is uniquely and highly favored. And then again in Ephesians chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul says that all of us who through faith in Christ can also live as those who are favored or highly favored. Paul's making a case that we have literally received every spiritual blessing that is available to us through Jesus, through faith. So Mary is favored by God, which means she's the object of God's uh, care and kindness and attention. And through Jesus and his birth, you and I can also be favored by God. So how do we receive a miracle in the mess? Here's a couple quick thoughts. One is receive God's favor. Receive God's favor. I was laughing uh, recently because I was reflecting on a time when my son Ethan was like four years old and he had decided that Christmas what he wanted from Santa Claus was an elf. And not like a stuffed elf, okay? He wanted a live, living elf. He was very specific about it. And I I think he realized, like, you know, you could ask for toys, but if you get an elf, the elves make the toys. That's all you need. Anyway, Christmas comes around, Santa comes and shows up, and Santa gives my son this little stuffed elf. And and so he's holding this stuffed elf in his hand, and, and we say, oh, look, Santa left a note for you. We open the note, and we read it to him. And the note basically says, hey, all the elves are busy right now, but enjoy this stuffed elf. My little four year old son, he looks at me, he goes, what? And he grabs the piece of paper, he looks at it, he goes, that's it? And then he tears it up and throws it on the ground. (laughs) He's like, I'm pretty sure Santa never got cookies again after that. He's like, hey, man, I do not want a fake elf. I want a live 
elf. And I think a lot of times when it comes to the holidays, when it, when it comes to thinking about God's favor, we think God's favor is dependent on our feelings. If we feel good, then we have God's favor. If we feel like things are going well, then we have his favor. If we get what we want or what we prayed for or what we asked for, then we have, our, have God's favor. But what you see in the Christmas story is Mary experiences God's favor, not because of her feelings, not even because of her current circumstances. Mary's going to experience God's favor because of Jesus. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 31, look at this. It says, the angel Gabriel says to her, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him what? You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. Jesus literally means God saves. God saves. He saves us from our sin. He saves us from ourselves. He saves us from our broken and fallen world. And so the favor that Mary ultimately received, but that we received through faith is the favor that comes through Jesus and who he is. What does that favor look like? Well, I, I love this blessing in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And here's what I love about it. It's this image that God would make his face shine upon you. I mean, when I think about somebody's face shining upon somebody, I think about grandparents. How, how many grandparents do we, do we have uh, in, the, in the room today? Look at the, look at the grand, all right, grandparents. You can be, you can be proud. I, you're like, I know I'm too young, but I'm still a grandparent. I'm just saying. But you ever looked at a, the way a grandparent looks at their grandbaby? That's the picture, Right? They hold that baby and it's a, their face shines upon them. It's a look of delight. It's a look of love. They are the object of their delight. And have you noticed, those of you who are younger parents, how your parents do not treat your kids the way they treated you? Have you seen the shift? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, who are these people? These are not the people that raised me. My son, Ethan, he went over to his grandma's and um, she, uh, she got pizza and, you know, he ate a couple pieces of pizza and she said, you want some more pizza? He said, no, no, I'm on a two slice limit. And she looked at him and she said, Ethan, at Mimi's house, there are no limits. <laughs> and he ate the entire pizza. <laughs> and then as he was leaving, she pulled him aside and she said, hey, let's just keep this, you eating the entire pizza between us. Okay, what happens at Mimi's stays at Mimi's. We don't need to share this. Of course, he was so proud of it when he got home. He's like, man, Mimi let me eat the whole pizza. And Lori's like, who is this person? But that's the thing about favor. Favor isn't fair, right? Favor spoils the Bible says that through faith in Jesus, we can literally experience the favor of God, that he would make his face shine upon us. God's favor means that you'll never walk alone because God himself walks before you, beside you, and he goes behind you. It means that his forgiveness sets you free from your past and your failures. It means that God opens the door for you, fights for you, that he literally empowers you to accomplish things that are beyond your ability. 
God's favor means that he works in your life to change you from the inside out so that you can walk with your head held high. His favor means that you can literally uh, have your life changed, but not just your life, your children's lives and your children's children's lives, breaking literally generational uh, situations that have followed us in our family. That's God's favor. And you can experience his favor in your life through faith. So Mary was uniquely and highly favored, but you also through Jesus can receive God's favor, that his face would shine upon you. And some of you have lived with that favor for years, and I want to encourage you to make 2024 the year where you lean in and focus on following God and trusting him. You can position yourself to receive even more of his favor in your life. Be faithful. Be faithful in prayer. Be faithful in your, in your uh, walking out your faith. Be faithful in connecting with church, connecting with other people. Let God move and work in your life and pour his favor out on your life. And maybe you're here today and maybe you've yet to cross that line of faith in your life. And I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment at the end of our experience to follow me in a simple prayer to open your heart to God and to receive God's favor in your own life. How do you find a a miracle in the mess, you receive God's favor, and then you believe the God of the impossible. I mean, when you look to the, to the Christmas story, Mary was in an impossible situation. You see it from the very beginning. She's this young teenage girl. She's engaged to a guy, Joseph, to be married, but they're in a culture where, you know, men and women didn't interact very much with each other, and, and certainly they weren't interacting a lot with each other in the engagement phase of their relationship, and she's a little confused when the angel comes along and says, you're going to have a kid, because she's like, uh, and here's, here's what she says. Luke chapter 1, we're going to pick it up at verse 34. It says, Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest hover over you. And therefore the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And then nothing you see is what? Impossible. Impossible with God. In other words, what is impossible with people is not impossible with God. And so the angel begins to describe the virgin birth. You know, it was Larry King who once, uh, he'd interviewed thousands of people, and, and once he was asked that if he could interview anybody in world history, who would it be? And if he could ask them one question, what would that question be? And he said, if I could interview anybody in world history, I would interview Jesus. He didn't hesitate. And he said, if I could ask him one question, I would ask him this, were you born of a virgin? Because he understood that if Jesus was indeed born of a virgin, then, then he is who he said he was. Then, then categorically, he's, he's different than the rest of us. And that his words then could follow through to change not only history as they already have, but his life as well. And I do think that is the question. Mary believed the impossible when the angel said this would happen and the Holy Spirit would come upon her and she would conceive and then give birth to a child. And here's what she says in Luke chapter one, verse 38. This is how she responds to the angel's announcement. She says, I am the Lord's what? Servant. Good job. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She surrendered. 
It's a beautiful picture of surrender. She believed the God of the impossible. And everything the angel said did eventually come true. Joseph and Mary did go on to get married. They had a child. They named him Jesus. That child was born in humble circumstances and then grew to be a man. A man full of wisdom. A man without sin. A man dedicated to doing God's will. He was baptized in the Jordan River by John. And God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. For three years, he literally healed the sick, fed the hungry, he helped the poor, he made the lame walk and the blind to see. He gave hope, love, and forgiveness to all who would believe. And at the end of his ministry, he was crucified. The just for the unjust, the perfect for the imperfect, the sinless one for the sinner. And on the cross, his last words were, Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. His birth paved the way for us to experience a new relationship with God. His life, death, and resurrection gives us hope beyond the grave. And after his resurrection, he said, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. And so nothing is impossible with God. Maybe you're facing an impossible situation. Maybe things feel impossible when you look to the future. Maybe it feels impossible when you look to next year. Maybe it feels impossible when you look to your marriage or your family situation, but nothing is impossible with God. You know, I was reminded. I was reminded of that on Saturday this last week. We went to Southern California. My my, our oldest, my daughter Emma, graduated from college, which is crazy because she was just born yesterday, and, you know, walked and everything, and we were sitting there watching her, and, and it just made me reflect back. I, I remember when I was sitting in my cap and gown at my high school graduation, and I'm sitting there, and I was a mess in high school. The vice principal of our school walks by me, and she says to me, she says, Will Height, I never thought I'd see you here. She just kept on walking. She didn't like me very much. I've been in her office one too many times. You know what I'm saying? And I was coming out of like a four-year drug addiction. I, I was a pretty broken person. And I remember like sitting there at my high school graduation and feeling like a lot of things were impossible. It felt like staying sober was impossible. It felt like my future was impossible. It felt like, you know, having a plan for my life was impossible. There, I was a broken person wrestling with the fact that I, I thought I had already kind of wasted my life. And I remember that moment so clearly, but then on Saturday to sit there and to watch my daughter graduate and to see what God had done in her life, but also to see what God had done in my life. He took an 18 year old messed up kid with no hope and no future and implanted a hope and a future in him. And he can do the same with you. He took a kid who believed nothing was possible and he showed me that everything is possible. And if he did it for me, he could do it for you. He could do it for you. Recently, I went to Celebrate Recovery, which is an amazing ministry that we have here at Central. Meets every week. And I got my 34-year sobriety chip. I know. I got sober when I was like two years old. It's amazing, right? 34 years ago, y'all. You know what we call that? We call that the grace of God. 
And that grace was first evidenced most powerfully in the birth of Jesus, the Savior come into the world. The Bible declares over and over that, that God is the God of the impossible, that his might is matchless, that his power is boundless, that his love is limitless, that his grace is endless, that he has the power to move mountains, that he has the power to heal what's broken, that he has the power to raise up uh, when we're broken and hurting, that he has the power to shut down evil, that he can't be outsmarted or outmaneuvered or contained or restrained, that he's the all-seeing, all-knowing, all-hearing, all-powerful, all-present, and always ready to rescue God that no enemy can come can defeat him that no problem can confuse him that no darkness can conceal him that no fear can affect him because no need is below him and no power is above him he's your maker your sustainer your forgiver your creator he's the lover of your soul he's the one who sees you and hears you and holds all that you hold dear he's your light and your hope he's your friend and your guide he's the author of life the creator of the heavens and the earth the alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and nothing is impossible for him. And so will you believe today, not only that Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, but that he is still in a place of doing the impossible and that he can do the impossible in your life as well if you'll surrender to him. You can receive God's favor, even when it's messy. You can believe God, and God will use that and work in your life as you do. In fact, I'm gonna ask all of you to please bow your heads and close your eyes, and if you'd like to become a follower of Jesus today, you can begin that journey by just repeating a simple prayer after me just to open your heart, to open your mind to God and who he is. You can repeat this prayer out loud or just in your own heart, just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name. Well, friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, if it's your commitment, I want to ask you to just slip your hand in the air. Just to acknowledge you're going to trust God and you're going to follow him in your life today. Just reach out to him. Slip your hand in the air. God, I thank you for each person trusting you today. I pray you'll bless them in their life. Work powerfully. Restore, forgive, heal. God, we thank you for Christmas and all that it means, and we thank you for each individual just reaching out to you now. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe and review this podcast and connect with us on social media by following at Central Online. You can also contribute to what God is doing through Central. You can simply visit centralchurch.online slash give, and you can give a gift today. And thanks again for joining us on the Central Church Podcast.